Hey guys, it's Sam from the future. Um, throughout this episode, there are some audio issues and it doesn't sound too great in places. Um, this is still a work in progress for both Will and I, but we still think that the content is good enough for us to release and to share with you. So we will have that fixed by next week and we hope that you still enjoy this episode. Hello, we've new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniversary, the podcast which takes a completely novice to the world of Japanese animation and a self-proclaimed veteran and travels the weird, wide, and wonderful world of anime. I'm the self-proclaimed veteran, Sam, and with me as always is Will. Hello, Will. How are you this week? Hi, Sam. I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. You've been trucking through all of those anime that I've been giving you recently? Oh, have I hell. So, um... <laughs> uh, I, I've finished season one of Attack on Titan. Yes, Tw- all twenty-four episodes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I um, I was quite surprised when I got to the end, and it was like, oh, okay, so this is done now. I need to find some other way of watching it, and I haven't got around to that yet. But yeah, that's that's the next step to get onto the other seasons. It it yeah, it's good. I, I mean, obviously, it's good. I wouldn't have carried on watching it if it wasn't. It stuck through all the way to the end. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I'm really impressed. Sort of, I, I ended up because I could have it um, dubbed. I just sort of had it on in the background a lot of the time. Once I'd got to sort of know the characters and stuff, and I wasn't doing it for a podcast episode, I yeah. just sort of sat and listened to it while I was doing something else or whatever. Awesome. A couple of times I had to go back and just rewatch bits because it there was quite <laughs> intense yeah. plot points and things. But yeah, generally it was quite easy watching, quite good, quite uh, action packed. Loved it. Thought it was really really cool, and I understand more the name of the show now a little bit yeah the fact that the main character actually becomes a titan and that was weird but no really cool i thought it was had had some good twists and stuff some good scenes yeah Excellent. awesome stuff now i'm really glad like i said last week i'm really pleased to see that you're kind of really on board with this and especially to find something that you resonated with you so well like you've binged all of that over the course of a week that's impressive yeah you're soon one of I, us. I, I obviously finished one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see, Sam. We'll see because we've still got to get through this episode. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, after that, I went back and I've started watching Death Note again. Oh, fabulous! How how are you finding it? How's you going? Yeah, really good. Really enjoying it. Um, it's I'm on episode ten or eleven. Oh, nice. Or maybe maybe twelve. I'm not really sure. Uh, but anyway, core through. Nice. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really good. I, th- I do you know what's annoying? And anime fans are going to hate me for this, but the fact that it's subbed means that I just I can't zone out. I can't sort of drift off, and I have to like I like to like I like to watch something when I'm cooking dinner and like when right. I'm doing yeah. doing work and stuff. I like to have something on, and I, you can't with something that you have to read constantly. You have to keep attention focused on right right without 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 investing you know 10 years of my life learning fluent japanese <laughs> to be able to understand the original dialogue so yeah that's that's the only frustrating thing but that's not a fault of the content the content's really good and I, yeah really getting into it now it's good amazing well, that's what we like to see i've also been watching some anime this week yeah what you've been doing what well you been watching? i'm currently up to date with quite a few shows this season i'm currently watching nine shows at the same time um <laughs> surely the surely the dialogue just blurs together oh yeah i've got all the different screens around the room just ready yeah. to go it's a sensory overload but i love it uh no i'm uh to be fair though most of them do come out on fridays at the moment which means that i have to choose almost like a two-hour 
burst to get all these knocked out of the way. Otherwise, it just completely throws the rest of my week. And I'm trying to pick up and remember which ones I've missed. But, uh, Coincidentally, that's the day we've chosen to record this podcast. So you've got to do this. And then have you already watched or are you going to watch after this? Uh, I'll be watching them uh, after this or tomorrow morning, which means that I'll miss right. out on some of the discussion bits on Reddit. But Reddit's a bit of a cesspool anyway. So I'm not too bothered. Absolutely. That's, that's what I always say. Yeah, it's good stuff. I also finished playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles again for the second time, which is a very good game. Put about 120 hours into that one. So... The joys of that's, having some free time like whilst I'm waiting for, uh, for flights and everything else to get sorted. But we're all good. We're all good. Um, cool. I think then we can start jumping into it. Uh, can you tell the audience and everybody at home what you've been watching this week? What is being judged as whether it can enter the gateway to the anniverse? Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. You gave me this week to watch Sword Art Online. Um, and you sa- you sounded pretty uh, optimistic about this one. And uh, I was full of such hopes. I I thought this, well. the concept was, yeah, I thought the concept was awesome. I re- was really looking forward to getting stuck into this gaming sort of uh, role play simulator environment that you cannot get out, out of and for whatever reason. And, you know, a lot of what you told me was exciting. However, I don't know. We'll get into it in more detail. But uh, essentially, this boy, for those of... Oh, by the way, for those of us that uh, haven't seen it, it might be a good idea to just go and watch the first three episodes. We're only going to look at the first three for today. I deliberately not watched any more. And I've watched those three three times. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I watched them twice properly, and then the third, the third time, which was actually the middle time, I just had on in the background. Like, like I said, I just sort of had it on, just let it kind of wash over you. Else. Yeah, didn't really pick anything else up extra that time, but then I watched it a third time properly just before we did this or right. last night, and uh, yeah, picked up some a few more notes. It's um, it's an unusual. I feel, I feel a bit torn with this one because I think it's going to get really good, but these first three episodes, I've got some really big issues with. Okay. Right, well. Yeah. So from this point onwards, we will be spoiling those first three episodes of Sword Art Online in quite a bit of detail. So if you do want to catch up with those, like Will said, um, you can find it. I think it's on it's on UK Netflix. I think it's probably also on Netflix in other countries as well. I'm fairly confident. But yeah, so Sword Art Online is a 2012 anime that gripped the world over. Everything seems really. to grip the world. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, Titan and, and SAO are kind of the first set of anime of almost this kind of renaissance wave that anime had the early uh, 2010s. We got these two shows that, because of social media, picked up a lot of steam and a lot of traction and lots of new fans started watching it. So you'll see quite a few people, like last week, who will say that Sword Art was one of their first anime. But unlike Attack on Titan, which kept going and a big break of four years in between and then came back with some really, really strong seasons, there was a version of Sword Art coming out almost every year since the original release in uh, 2012. Like I said uh, last week, I think we've just wrapped up with um, the most recent series called Alicization. So the perfect opportunity to jump into those first few episodes. What did you think? Let's go, go over to you. Give me your thoughts on episode one. Ah, oh, right. Okay. I mean, first of all, it opens, you know, 2022, which is two years away. And I'm thinking... If we make it that far. If we make it that far, I'm thinking, well, 
Okay, I, that begged the question. Um, you've already answered it. It was made in 2012. So that, that helps me get a little bit of perspective because I guess 2012, you've got sort of those online multiplayer games starting to come into force a little bit. Not probably to the extent we have now, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I can't really picture what sort of games were popular at that time. I was going to ask you if you'd, have you ever, have you ever played any MMOs before? Um, like World of I don't Warcraft. Know, does Fortnite count? No. <laughs> Ish, but uh, not in the same ways as this. Is, there, is every anime fan just cringing now that I've said Fortnite? Like, eh, I'm sure there's a bit of crossover. Yeah. No, not really. World of Warcraft, not really. No. I, ah. I can't really think of any. See, my brother yeah. is a massive MMO head. So um, right. he's big into Final Fantasy fourteen, which I've also started playing. And I'm about. Mm two expansions in so i'm part way through what's called stormblood so a lot of this speaks to me in terms of the mechanics and the terminology and stuff but okay i have a number of opinions on about how that's been implemented um okay even as somebody who, who's played those style of games who this should really appeal to i have some issues <laughs> shall we say okay well that's interesting i mean i don't really yeah i mean i don't really find the um I mean, it might just be that I'm looking at it from a real naive point of view, but I don't really find that, you know, being introduced as a novice to MMO, like, I don't find it hard to understand and to grasp the concepts of it because it's pretty straightforward um, yeah. as far as I can see. You know, it's a, it's a multiplayer game like any other sort of RPG, but you've just got lots of other players involved and you have more of a communication and more of a team aspect to it. Yeah. And, Obviously, a lot of the dialogue and the lingo, I guess, might not resonate absolutely with me. But, you know, I get the idea. Right. Back to the episode. The, the scene opens and you've got this open world city in the sky that's sort of just floating there. Ironcrad. Yeah, yes, Ironcrad. And this this kid puts on his headset and goes into this world which what's the is it the name what's the name of the console that the nerve gear is that the name of the console yes the nerve gear yeah so obviously there's a lot that's sort of implied but they don't really explicitly say so i was assuming the nerve gear is the actual console and then they've got like games and things on there yeah this is alleged to be the first of its kind i think they they mentioned within and sword art online is the first big flagship launch title for the nerve gear console and our protagonist has managed to pick himself up a copy and we see that it's really popular and there's a hundred thousand i think people who've managed to get themselves day one copies because it's in a limited run yeah but it's it's you know it's state-of-the-art technology but they're still using ethernet cables which obviously shows <laughs> you know real hey, top quality wi-fi Wild, wired connection is the way to go if you're if you're on that top level gaming tier <laughs> Oh, is it? Is it? Okay, there you go. I'm learning. Got to reduce I'm that learning. ping. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that actually makes sense. I was taking the piss, but you've got a point. Okay. <laughs> it sound, what, what you're saying sounds sounds logical, so I'm going to go with it. So we logged into this advanced visual game, and already I'm getting Ready Player One vibes, and Ooh. that sort of, yeah, so that side of like, this is as real to them as anything else that sort of futuristic place where like people go to escape reality and to live their dreams and live their fantasies and especially is it kirito the main character yeah kirito he definitely seems to fall into that bracket where we don't know anything about his normal life we know he's got a sister and a mum, but apart from that we know nothing and I, i obviously assume that's been left out deliberately because there's probably some stuff there that's not nice or some something that you know there's going to be something there 
he's he's thrown into it and all the way through it's sort of you get this massive vibe that he'd just rather be there and rather stay there than go home he's quite happy and content to be in this world um and even says i think it reflects a lot on his early decisions as well doesn't it in terms of choosing to kind of stay by himself and the fact that he straight away the first thing he does is he runs out and he starts heading out towards into the fields to play the game not to ooh and ah at everything yeah, but that was also because he was a beta tester, so he'd already uh-huh. so he'd already seen it all. Very important point. Yeah, he'd already seen a lot of those beginning bits, and he knew where to go. So anyway, he he goes into this lobby, finds Klein, our expositional yeah. tour guide. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, and neither does the audience. Teach me, Kirito Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I've got so many issues with this guy. I don't really know where where, where he's coming from. <laughs> You and everyone else. Really? Okay, good. Um, so Kirito, we, we meet Kirito and he's got this sim blobberdob above his head, whatever they're called. You told me a few weeks ago. What are those sim... Oh, the plum bobs. Yeah, plum bobs. Yes, blobberdobs. There we go. He's got one of those above his head, um, which tells you it's a game. So you're sort of like, hey, hey game reference. And I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they take on this ball. They show you some of the techniques, this sort of power-up attack, which... Climbs like, hey, that's awesome! Thanks for teaching me. And then, by the end of the day, I do quite like quite like with the um, the skills that it's it's kind of like using a Wiimote. You've got to do the the waggle motion first, and then give it a bit of a pause. But <laughs> like a Wiimote, if you don't do it exactly correctly, it's not going to register. I like that, and so your effect isn't going to take part. I like that of all the game consoles you go for. That's the Wii. It's the Wii that's, that's <laughs> your you know reference point because it's 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 also the waggle. No, I get the waggle, but also <laughs> most games have that sort of timing. You know, you have to be ti- very timing orientated to master the game. Like that's quite a common gaming strat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah especially in mmos as well right. with skill uses and cooldowns and stuff yeah. but okay well i like to waggle dude yeah yeah okay we'll, we'll go we'll go with the wii remote reference because obviously hopefully we'll have some novices out there that will be like hey i played wii when i was 11 i know exactly what you're I talking about the wii. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a fun time so they um kill this boar and or is it boar like a hog a pig something and yeah, the boars. This weird relationship starts developing between Kirito and Klein. That's, I don't know. I just don't know where, it just feels forced. And and to be honest, a lot of the relationships in this first three episodes feel really forced. And I guess there is supposed to be this whole thing that it's played over a lot longer time than you actually see in the episodes. But still, yeah. but still, I, I, I just feel there's a, a lot of weird stuff going on. I, th- I th- made a note that Klein's got his pizza set to arrive at half past five that's more organization that he's put into getting a pizza and playing video games than i have over most decisions in my regular life (laughs) this man is ready he's like i will game for this long and then my pizza will get here and then i'm logging out whereas if i'm sitting there playing tetris for more than 20 minutes i'm like that's me that's the rest of my day done yeah yeah i'm just there locked in yeah well (laughs) yeah i mean tetris is one of those games you know you just play it for hours you lose yourself don't you just gotta keep getting keep getting those blocks (laughs) but um but he shut up shut up (laughs) he massively overreacts to the five he's he's five minutes away for his pizza arriving and he's like oh my god i can't log out and he's sort of he's sort of on the wavelength that it's all going to be sorted it's all going to be fine and he absolutely overreacts to him not getting his pizza and they get teleported to the weird blobby blood monster that is uh, uh, cool blood effect yeah 
Yeah, but unnecessary. <laughs> like completely unnecessary. Oh yeah, completely. Like completely unnecessary. Like the, the 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 thing is, it's a cool effect, but in my head, I'm thinking he then had to program and design that effect. <laughs> to make it happen because it's all in a game. So he's then gone, oh, I'll make myself form down in a blob and I'll make it look like blood. And it's like, well, yeah. 12 weeks of programming yeah. later. <laughs> no wonder it was delayed. Yeah. And everyone else in the room's just like, oh, who is this guy? And they haven't even noticed the blood. No one even mentions the blood. It's only us guys that notice the blood. So anyway, uh, over overcompensating with the blood blob monster and conveniently we don't see this guy's face Mm. and he introduces himself as you do you you pronounce the name i I, kaiba akihiro well yeah that's what i've got as well but i'm pretty sure he says it the other way around akihiro kaiba yeah Yeah, it's the because in japanese they said their second names first and then their first names that's confusing why it's just in reverse dude well, no, I know it's in, in reverse, but when you're talking to... Sol- it's because it's, it's in the other side of the world, so it's upside down. <laughs> no, but I'm just talking about general conversation. When you introduce yourself, do you... Yeah. But if, if, if you, like, say... If you say, hey, Sam, would, you, would I say, hey, your last name rather than your first name? Or what? Yeah, you would. Oh. You'd, you'd start... That's uh, et- polite etiquette in, in Japan. But what if I'm not being polite? What if I'm just saying first names? Then you will be very seen as very rude. You will not be invited back oh, to the party. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, I just noticed that because of the subtitles. It was one way in the subtitles and one way in the yeah. dub. So I was like, so the dub, t- the dub okay, that's fine. changes it to what it would be in English. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand how dubs work. That's what fine. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Here I'm, I'm explaining the concept of dubs to somebody who's now watched three dubs. <laughs> yeah. It's going well. Um, yeah. So they. Explain the the game a little bit, and they also explain that if you remove the headset, your brain's going to fry. Microchips. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kirito is sort of accepting of very quickly. He's like, oh, yeah, no, that, that's a thing. And I'm like, why is that a thing? Just be, it's, it's, it's another one of those situations where just because you can explain it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> just because you can go, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. It doesn't make it right. Like, Who why is that this? a safe programming? <laughs> Who yeah, let who's, a, who's in there going? A microwave sit at the back of a gaming headset that children are going to be using. Yeah. And now, another thing that I really need you to confirm or okay. deny. I'm ready. Lay it on me. It, at, some, at some point in the series, do they please explain how they are surviving in the real world without food. Yes, they do. They get around Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, because it's really frustrating me. They address it very early on that food can't sustain you in this world. And then it's like three months later. They're and it's all like still they're fine. Still around. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is this possible? I guess okay. it's, mild, it's mild spoilers, but I'm sure, like, it, it's not plot breaking. Essentially, are they, on yeah, they get moved to hospitals and yeah. they get stuck onto oh, IVs okay, and yeah. they're, that's how they keep going yeah. on it. Yeah. See? Yeah. But yeah, we also get that yeah. confirmation that already 213 people have died very yeah. early doors. But that could be a lie. Could be a lie. Everything could, it could be, be bollocks. Could be a lie. Yeah, because again, at this point, they don't know. Like Kirito said, yeah, that's, that sounds like it tracks that there's a microwave in my, in my head and it's going to blow me up. But it's kind of that Schrodinger's cat, isn't it? You don't know if you're going to die until yeah. you pull the helmet off, but you can't pull the helmet off. Yeah, but it's not the only thing. We take, and I've, I've said this in my notes, it, we take so much of uh, Kirito's acknowledgement of fact as fact. So, like, he, he says, I know um, 
Kayaba Akihiro. Akihiro. Okie pokie. Yeah. Akihiro. <laughs> I, I know this guy because I've I followed him. He, I look I've him. looked at his, his work and I look up to him. I know he's a genius. So therefore, he is speaking the truth right now and everything he says is the exact truth. No, those two things don't correlate. That's not fair. That's, I, I know you, but you could easily lie. I don't, I don't, this is all I a don't game, think Will. that everything you say is therefore the truth. Yeah, look these, for your logout bus, Will. Are not, it won't be there. <laughs> this, the, <laughs> You're trapped within this podcast, Will. The, this series is just called Laugh at Will. <laughs> and, then, and then it's going live to everyone and everyone's just, yeah. Okay, right. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> now, now I'm going to be paranoid for the next uh, Don't six Don't take your headphones out. Microwaves inside them. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, there the probably is with, you know, modern technology. Who knows? So he quotes the game. It, he quotes the article or it translates onto the subtitle. So I'm assuming it's meant to be important. It says, this is a game, but it isn't something you play. That doesn't give you any more information. He's like, well, he said this once, as if that qualifies yeah, his whole what he's saying now. reasoning behind be- like setting this world up and inviting all these players here is sketchy at best, I would say, because he says the reason that he wants them all there is so that he could create a world and then interfere with it. All right? Okay, so aside from the God Complex, that yeah. sounds like a lot of effort to essentially just play The Sims with real people. Yeah, but the, the, the other thing there is, to create a world and interfere with it, none, none of that requires locking people into it. You can do that and still let people come and go as they please. That, everything he said there, he could have done and still let... He'd already done that. He'd already effectively created... And he created the world and he could have had control over it without locking people there. So it's it's utter bollocks what he's saying. He's trying to justify his own sadistic needs. And first of all, I'm going to call it now, it's not him. It's clearly not him. Why would he wear a hooded mask? <laughs> first of all, if it's a, it's a computer game, even though uh-huh. he's wearing a mask, he could have just put his face there because it could have, it's just animated. He could have just animated the real face, the real Kyber, the real his face, and talked through the avatar of Kyber, even if it wasn't him. So the fact that he's hiding his face, even though it's supposed to be him, is just so <laughs> illogical. Yeah, no? it's is kind that- of weird as like an opening gambit on his part to be like, I am this big game master man, and but I'm not you going fear to show you my got- virtual face. Yeah, whereas, and we, loads of people already know his face because we see Kirito kind of flash back to that article. So he's already shown his face to the world. So what's the purpose of him being behind that avatar? Maybe it'll come into play later. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Who knows? Cool. Just sort out things. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm automatically assuming it's not the real Kyoba. But then I'm also thinking that whoever it is or whoever it might be, if my theory is correct, could also easily animate a Kyoba face to do the talking, which would negate the need to cover his face anyway. But... That, again, links to the whole thing with when they reveal their real selves. Is that in this episode or is that in the next episode? That is in this episode. Actually, I thought that that was quite a good funny moment because you see this face of many different genders and many different differences and then the mirrors all come out and half the players turn into men and there's even that couple right at the beginning who were swooning over each other and they both go, you're a dude, but you're a dude as well. What's going on? Yeah. which happens so, surprisingly frequently in uh, MMOs. Because lots of people <laughs> will play as their, the other genders because it's just it's a way to kind of 
live out another existence, isn't it? Sam, do you want to talk about some catfishing incidences you've had in the past? Oh, goodness. No. I want to (laughs) bury them deep down inside. (laughs) I'll never trust online photos again. (laughs) Okay. I, I get that. I get that that's quite funny. But my problem is that Kirito and Klein don't recognize each other, even though they look exactly the same. Like Klein does well, not change. Cl- and I put this down in my notes. And Kirito gets a bit I shorter. I said, uh, Klein calls him Kirito a pretty boy, which is kind of flirty. He's like, oh, you're just my type, Kirito. Which I'm like, okay, predator vibes. Maybe calm down, Klein. But then he's barely changed at all. So he's been playing this game as himself the whole time anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but 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 Kirito doesn't recognise him. He's like, "Who are you?" And it's like, "Who it's are you? Fine. This scraggly bearded, tall, lanky man." Where's the other scraggly bearded, tall, lanky man that I was helping five minutes ago? And I, and I guess if that was all done as a joke for those guys who were playing as women and playing as men, I, I get that. But I also think, like, what is the point if you know, like, I think. If they you're going to reveal everyone to as themselves, either design them as themselves and have them play as that, as the avatars, or have them come in as themselves at the beginning, it really doesn't do much to the story when the two main characters we've met so far look the same. I think the way that I kind of read into it was that they come into the world and they create the avatar, so they're baited into this false sense of security that it's just like any other MMO. You create your character, you go in, you play as them, live the person who you want to live as. And then when he reveals that it's a death game and it's they have to survive to make it feel more real to them. He snaps them all so that they are the same height, weight, uh, face as they are in the real world. So it makes that threat more real to them because it's not just their avatar that could die. It's a approximation of themselves. And I think definitely it could have been done in a better way yeah. or maybe kind of looked at in a different way. And most people watching it probably won't, think as deeply into that as I am when I'm looking at it like, oh, this is genius. They must feel so scared right now. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see it working in that way. But also I get what you mean by it's weird that they don't recognize each other when Kirito's avatar was just taller. I'm sorry, but though this is an anime, it's got lots of cliches, lots of uh, stereotypical stuff going on. If that was the purpose they needed to have even just a line that was like, oh my God, it feels so much more real. And I know he has the blood thing. He has the, he has the paper cut that he sort of sees, but it's not really yeah. there. But that, that again, it, yeah, but it was a crap metaphor. Let's be honest. I mean, the if is he, is he saying that it's still bleeding in real life? And he know because he's sort of looking at his finger and is he remembering the cut? Because, if you're going to remember a traumatic event that reminds you of your humanity and, you know, mortality, it's not going to be a paper cut on your finger. It's going to be True. like the time you broke your leg or whatever. Like, it's just a weird metaphor to go with. Yeah, I think, I think it's more that's trying to show that switch flicking for Kirito. Like, everybody else is standing there in denial and questioning the game master. And so, like, there's one guy who says, I've got a meeting to get to. It's yeah. like, yes, you go, man. Find your gaming time in your busy work day. But Kirito, he just immediately goes, nope. That's it. I I need to play this game as if it's the worst case scenario, and that's why he immediately takes off uh, yeah. to go start leveling up in the wilds and All leaves right. Klein behind. And I would leave him behind if he started hitting on me that soon after knowing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. First of all, I respect the motive. I don't think they executed it well. Second of all, yeah, Klein's relationship with Kirito is 
peculiar and I want to say, like you've already said, a bit predatory. And I just, I don't, in, in mainstream media, the main characters are rarely have homosexual tendencies. Now, this is seems quite homosexual from both of them because Kirito's sort of like flirting along back with him, which is fine. Mm. But then like later on, he has this whole thing with this other female character. And maybe there's this gender fluidity going on thing, but it's a 2012 anime. I doubt that they're that forward thinking in there. I think and- what it... What it's attempted to be is an attempt to try and show these characters as being almost like joking brothers with each other and having this kind of back after and one forth day. and they've not had... <laughs> after one day, exactly. It's not done very well. Yeah. I, for the record, I don't think that Klein is actually a predator in any kind of way. I think he, okay. he made a, a bit of a mistimed joke and I think out of context it does look quite dodgy. But yeah, I don't feel them as close friends and don't feel like they are going to develop into close friends because Kirito immediately is just like yeah you're on your own I'm going to go level up go be with the friends that you had from another game you're just going to be a liability to me I'm out here so he immediately sets up this wall and he's not open to making this kind of relationship I mean honestly I didn't really get that vibe I thought that Kirito wanted him to come with him and he was more than happy for him to, but he just, he knew the consequences of the game and he didn't want more than, he was quite happy to take Klein with him. He wanted he wanted him, he invited him along, but like he dragged him along, didn't he? He dragged him with him, but like Klein wanted to go back for his friends and go with them, which, and I, I think there's something later on that uh, Klein says, oh, are you still worried about that? Are you still upset about that? And they don't really refer to what it was. It was in, I think it was in episode mm-hmm. three. And I feel like I've either missed something, which is very possible because I wasn't sure. The only thing I could link it to was was that and the fact that he that Klein left Kirito to go with his friends. That was the only thing that I could sort of link it to. Oh, unless he's talking about the events at the end of episode two. Should we get into episode two then and we'll come back to that? Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back around to that bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Kirito runs off, says, I'm going to survive, screams into the heavens. Yeah, the scream at the end is pretty is pretty dope, pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah I listened to that in both English and Japanese. The guy does a good <laughs> job in both cool. of them, I think. And then it goes straight into the opening theme, which is Crossing Fields by Lisa. Yeah, okay, so that really confused me as well because I think my original comments on the, uh, on the music was, didn't even notice the intro in episode one. Um, was there not one? Same as outro in episode one. Ah, intro in first show, shown at the end of episode. Okay. I'm on, I'm Surprise. On the yeah. Okay. So it all makes sense then because obviously the outro is very different. Yeah. And I guess we'll get on to I'm going to say it up here. I'm going to say it up top. I'll mention it again later. I, I don't like the outro. Thank you. Good. It's so boring. It's, it's so boring. Mate, it's just, I've got... I've got such bad Eurovision vibes. It just, it oh. just, it just feels like you know some it's fire saga. Yeah, <laughs> Eurovision entry that's just gone south so fast. Like it's not, it's not good. It's not even like good to look at either, is it? Because it's no. just Kirito and Asuna scrolling and their <laughs> coats flapping a little bit. <laughs> I'm just like, come on! At least Attack on Titan and Death Note tried with the endings. Honestly, I think I zoned out of the visuals once the once the song sort of got took a hold. It was like, okay, I see where it's this very is droney, going. isn't it? Very yeah. droney. It's it's not great. But the great. opening is a bop. <laughs> very good poppy song. Absolutely love it. <laughs> okay, it stands so... the test of time. We'll talk about the openings. I think yeah. a bit later okay. on. But okay. Episode two. A big rousing 
speech and call to action from our blue-haired character, whose name I didn't get down regard. I did. No matter how many times. What was he called? Uh, Diabel, or Diabel, or Diabel. Diablo. Diabel. Uh, El Diabello. Is he uh, Diabel or Diabel? I basically extended it to Diabellend because I thought... (laughs) I've got such like Prince Charming vibes here. It's like, oh, I'm going to be the savior. I'm going to be Prince Charming. So he's Diabella. I have blue hair. Yeah. Somehow. Hey, someone's avatar has blue hair, Sam. Don't judge. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, this guy introduces himself. He's got, for somehow he's got such nice armor, even though he's on the same. Yeah, they're yeah. on the first floor. So how have they managed to get such good gear at this point? Yeah, and the levels thing confuses me later on as well, but we'll get into that later. So 2,000 people have died in one month, apparently, or one month on. Oh, yeah, the post-credit scene of the last episode says that. In the first month, 2,000 have died, and you see all their names getting like etched out of this uh, big list. Yeah, the one just above Kirito, I think, gets, gets so, cut ooh, out. Sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <And> then... Kirino. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I could be only one. <laughs> I think I think the whole point is it's supposed to be close to Kirito, but let's be honest, he just has a similar name. He's got nothing. It's, to do yeah, with it's just, an, and it's not even like a real name either, is it? It's a username. Yeah, exactly. Um, wait, so is Kirito not his real name? Uh, no, it's his username. It's the same for quite a few of them. They've got they use. This comes along later. Again, it's not much of a spoiler. <laughs> it's his name is uh, Kazuto, I think. Ah, okay. Well, that's weird because I'd, I'd have thought if they were going to do the whole body thing, they'd have like made the real names. That's the, I assume yeah, they had he, because of the whole body switch. It's a, like his username is an amalgamation of his first and second name because his name's Kiriaga uh-huh. Kazuto. So he takes the kitty from the fir- from his first name and the, the toe from his last one. Cool. Okay. Hey, smash it together. My name's Kirito. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, you know, kids do stupid things. So um, true. Yeah, so he's giving a big speech, trying to get everybody together, and it's like, we can do it! If we all work together and make our par- make parties, we can go and best the raid boss. Yeah, so Kirito scoots over, scoots over to Asuna, and... The only uh, woman we've seen so far. And I've... That is actually a man. Yeah, exactly. I've written, decides to team up with Asuna, who you know is going to be hot. And she is. Yeah, all right. Yeah, she's a very attractive drawing. <laughs> now you're learning. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious from the fact that she's hooded and she's got hair flowing down. And and she's in the intro. And she's in the intro. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that at the time. I assumed. But you, you don't want to mm. make assumptions. You know what they say about assumptions, Sam? They're great. And we should do them all the time, forever. Because this is the anime community, so we've got to. <laughs> oh, I've been living my life wrong all, all this time. <laughs> so then this guy, uh, Kibao or Kibo or Kib- Kibi, I don't know what his name is, this bouncy guy that bounces down the stairs oh, and basically spiky says... hair boy. Yeah, basically says, screw all the beta testers. Am I right? All yeah. my homies hate beta testers. <laughs> and to be honest, he's got a point. <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs> These guys have had special access and they have sort of been going off and doing their thing, including Kirito, who has just gone mm. off and leveled up a ton load and just got to level 40, we see in episode three, while everyone else around him is on level 20. And he's yeah. sort of keeping it quiet. He's got a point, hasn't Keep he? To himself. He's got a bit of a point. I think I was mostly on board with him until Egil stood up and came over <laughs> with the, the handbook. Big, big Egil is big. 
Big Egil is big. I've got yeah. some notes about why he's the best tank in the uh, in the game, just by <laughs> virtue of having a big axe and uh, yeah. being speedy. Yeah, but he comes up and goes, "Yes, everyone's got access to this uh, user information that the betas and beta uh, testers have been putting together and giving out for free at the shop." And then Dibel, Dibel, blue hair boy. Yeah. Oh, turns around yeah. and goes, and yes, no, no. I just happen to have the most up-to-date version right here. So why did you not mention this when the other guy was speaking up? Come on, dude. You're yeah, letting I mean, the... I didn't really pick up that until the second time I watched it. And I was like, okay, that makes a bit more sense now I know where it's going because he's got this up-to-date version. I, I'm, I'm feeling like, did he just like write that bit in because he thought he knew... Scribbling. Well, because aren't there people that have already got past the level? Or, or is everyone no. still on the level? So everyone's still. So the way that the game works is that when you pass a floor boss, everybody can then access the next level up. So you find out later, right? Because I've got a lot yeah. of complaints with the way that's illustrated. Then, okay, c- tell me, go again. So once someone levels up, everyone can access that floor. Yeah. So when you clear a floor boss, when you beat a raid boss, the next floor opens up. So from this, in this case, they went from level one to level two, and then everybody is able to access the towns in level two once the first kind of raiding party gets through there. We see it later on that people who choose to specify into classes like blacksmithing and merchants can then move between the floors, even without having cleared the raid boss in order to sell and to boost their skills in that way. But you just, but, said, you just said once once the raid boss, once the boss has been cleared, everyone can move up. Yeah, so they can't go to those towns until the raid boss has been cleared. But if you're a blacksmith, you can go even if they haven't been cleared. No, if you're a blacksmith, you can't go until that raid boss has been cleared. So so what, what can the blacksmiths do that no one else can do? Make weapons out of rare materials and stuff. So there's certain weapons that you can't just buy in the shop or find as random okay. drops. So, they have you, to be crafted. Okay, right. And uh, like rare items and supplies can be brought between floors and pulled together. But, yeah, but it sounded like you were illustrating a point that the blacksmiths could move through the levels differently to everyone else, but it, they can't. Yeah, so it's not that they can move differently. It's just that if you are a class that's not combat-oriented, for example, or you're deciding that's what skill you want to upgrade, you're not really going to fight a raid boss. So if everybody had to beat the raid boss to move up a, up a floor, then classes that aren't combat-oriented would be stuck on floor one. So the non-combat-oriented classes have to wait until the combat-oriented classes defeat the raid bosses, and then they have freedom of movement between the floors. Okay, right. So that makes more sense. And I'm guessing you don't move up the floors until your level sort of dictates that you'll survive and manage there because there's bits where, like, there's a bit later on where people move up probably prematurely to try and get something, and then they end up suffering because of that. And then they also mention that... Some of the best people are on floor twenty-eight, and I was thinking, I was thinking just then, well, why isn't everyone on floor twenty-eight if that's been cleared? But that's because mm-hmm. they'd probably not survive there. Is that right? Exactly. It's similar okay. to an actual MMO where new areas as you progress. Oh, the story. sorry, I didn't realise it was similar <laughs> to an actual MMO. Now, now you've clarified. Thank you, sir. I'm here to broaden your experiences. Will I'm going to get you a copy of Final Fantasy fourteen for Christmas? Okay, then you'll know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so though leveling up helps with your survivability, especially in combat, but not everybody levels at the same rate. Like Kirito says at the beginning, the starting areas will get picked clean of enemies quite quickly. The enemies do respawn, but if everybody's trying to level up at the same time, 
then only those who are stronger and able to kill things quicker are going to get to those enemies versus lots of other players are going to have to wait until the enemies respawn and the higher level players move on before they can start grinding and catch up. So that's why you've got the front lines that we find out about who are on floor 28 and everybody else who's kind of slowly moving now that they have the information of these floors to try and catch up. So theoretically in in a proper MMO, I don't know if it happens in this as well, but... Mm -hmm. Do the the front line, do they move almost exponentially because they have basically first hit at every opposition when they come to it and more powerful things to gain more experience? So there, you know how like, yeah, you sort of, you have to earn more points to level up and you get more higher. So your level up, you'll need more EXP each time. So say level uh, 9 to 10 was 10 EXP, for example. Level 10 to 11 would be 20 EXP. All you need to say is Pokemon Go, because that's basically what it is. (laughs) That's how the leveling works. So yeah, Yeah. those at the front lines are going to level up much faster because they have all the resources and and enemies around them to gain those levels, which is why you see, as of this episode, all of these raiding parties starting to form and guilds start to come together, focused around clearing raid bosses and progressing the game forward. And this is our first kind of look at a raid boss. And I actually, if we can move from there onto the the fight of the episode because that's the yeah, big draw absolutely. and what lasts absolutely. the longest i have to say from a technical standpoint i love it yeah the I, I, animation I is very weighty the techniques that they're using is very good the character animation in sword art when they're attacking so when kirito's screaming as he's using his special abilities i think that's really well done that theme in the background with the chanting, the da 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 Yeah. I think all of it comes together really, really well to create this really dynamic and interesting fight that stays true to a lot of MMO strategies. So you have send some squads to deal with the trash mobs and to clear out the kobolds, have others who are going to draw attacks from the boss and create openings. And I think that's done quite well. And you see Die Bell, Blue Boy, giving really accurate instructions and everybody's following along really well. And I think that's a really interesting way of showing that off. Okay, do you want to know what I think? Yeah. I agree. I think... (laughs) You had me for a second there. Yeah, no. No, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I did like like the... Look, I don't play MMOs, but I appreciated the obvious... You know... I don't know what to set, what they're called. Sort of uh, homage. Yeah, the homage to uh, MMOs. I, I got I got a lot of that, and I thought that was nice. I thought is I enjoyed it. I thought the final slaying of the beast was very Dragon Ball with the sort of the screaming face and the the <sighs> lines. Yeah, and then the aftermath was what sort of threw me off a bit. I didn't really oh, really. Yeah, I quite liked how it was handled. Okay. Okay. But you remember, you know, you know the whole thing. <laughs> this is so, also true. Yeah, I did. I did make some some bits and pieces about it, and okay. uh, it does come off a bit forced, shall we say? What his turn to the dark side? Yeah, I like that he did it. So, essentially, Kirito gets the last hit after some really like interesting animation to show off this fight. The kobold's been bouncing around, and they land. I I also love Asuna's rapier is animated to look kind of almost string-like as she attacks and i think the animation does a great job of showing off their different fighting styles so kirito's coming in with lots of very heavy very purposeful swings and slashes but asano's 
always seen doing lots of flurries and her blade is very bendy and fluid. I think that's really interesting visually to look at. I think this also speaks to your uh, fencing background as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't see it, but behind me, there's also a fencing poster. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I liked the different styles. I thought that, yeah, you're right. Kirito is very, he's very pers- purposeful, but he's also, he's the tactical mind, isn't he? He's sort of, he's diving forward to allow uh, Asano the opportunity to then get that killing shot and she's got to be more precise she also does some she's really blooming quick she dodges a few good yeah. shots Kirito takes a shot to the chest it was flying yeah. oh yeah exactly yeah and and Asano comes out absolutely fine so she's um she obviously knows a thing or two even though she's supposedly this beginner that has never sort of been in a guild she says she's never been in a guild and I think uh, Kirito is assuming that means she's very very inexperienced but Maybe those two aren't aligning. Maybe the fact that mm. just because she wasn't in the guild doesn't mean she's not experienced at fighting. Maybe. True. I'd also say a tie into that is when at the end she goes, how do you know my name? And he says, mm. if you literally look in the top corner of the screen, my name's there. I find it very hard to believe after a whole day of being in a party together that she's not looked at his name once. <laughs> like, come on, girl. Yeah, you'd sort of notice that, wouldn't you? You'd be checking your own health every now and then. It is kind of your lifeline, yeah. and uh, you'd notice exactly. someone else's underneath you. Yeah. So, yeah, after that, there's this whole accusation again from angry Spiky Head. Spike as, Boy. Yeah, Spike oh. Boy, as he will now be known. And he, I, I've written, and now someone else goes dark. So out of the three episodes, out of the three series that I've watched, the main character has turned dark as hell in every single one. You've, you've got Light, you've got, um, oh, what's his name? Eren, and you've got Kirito. That Kirito. All, at some, all at some point go... I we're going to twist. The I'm the baddie. I'm I'm the bad one here. And I, but with Kirito, at least when he does his heel face turn, he is doing it in a from a place of trying to help others. No, so he no, says, no, he's not. How? How? Please explain to me how okay. he's doing that. So he so he he turns around and starts laughing and goes, "I used to be a beta tester. You're all better than beta testers." So. <laughs> What's I'm, I was even better than that. So I'm a cheater. And they go, oh, a cheater and a beta tester. You must be a beta. The most forced name ever. Does sound kind of cool, though. <laughs> but his whole thing is, he goes, don't paint me with the same brush that those other rubbish beta testers were. You guys have, are all already much better than the beta testers who took part. So he's lowering the opinion of beta testers so that people like him won't get marginalised going forward. And he's pulling all of that aggression and annoyance and frustration towards him. So classing himself as this beater, this cheater, everyone's going to be annoyed with him. And so future beta testers won't be treated with the same ire that Spiky Boy gave to them during that initial meeting. So I like what they're attempting to do there. Whether that's fully translated on a first watch through, I'm not sure. It's something that I picked up on. This was a third watch through. (laughs) This was a third watch (laughs) of the same episode. And every time I thought, I'm trying to look for something deep here. And I get what you're saying. He's trying to marginalize. He's focusing it at him. All of that hatred's coming towards him instead of to the other beta players. But I don't get end why, because he'd done, he'd done virtually nothing. He got slashed pretty badly. And, you know, there was nothing really... He could have easily have just gone, 
we got lucky. Like there was two of us, we had a system, we worked through it, you know, we knew how yeah. to defend because the whole point was that this was not the boss that was in the beta. So the fact that he is a beta Or test, it was the same, but they changed yeah, but, but, but attacks the, that he had, yeah. But we established that Diabel or Diabelend was was a beta tester as well, and he died doing it. So the fact that he knew he was a beta tester when he died, that should have been enough to sort of clear Kirito because he didn't know any more than Di- Diablo, or yeah. whatever his name is, Diabel. I think it's it's just that, that fear that Spiky Boy had and irrational thinking at the time. He was also, as we saw from his first outburst, he was in it for money and he was in it for rare items and stuff. So I guess it's just in his nature to just start shouting accusations to try and whenever, especially when the guy who he's got an issue with or is a beta tester who he has issues with clears it and gets the last finish bonus as well. So maybe yeah. that's why I'm not, I'm not here to justify it because at the end of the day it is still it's not a good strategy for Kirito at this point. Him going off to be a solo player is still not clever and not smart because yeah. it just puts him at inordinate risk compared to the others. Look, I've got nothing I've got nothing against the lone wolf storyline. I don't mind that and I don't mind him going off to be this lone person, but his character is automatically been portrayed as this caring person that like he wants to look mm. after Klein, mm. he wants to sort of protect him and take him on his journey, take him under his wing and he he's looked after Asano and worked with her a bit. He's he's shy. <laughs> yeah. Know, to be fair, I was calling her Asuka for the majority of my notes. <laughs> That's <what> Evangelion. <laughs> but so he's he's obviously a bit shy, but he's not necessarily an in uh, 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 what's it word? What's the word? Uh, someone in 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 introvert. 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 I thought you were going to say incel for a moment. There. <laughs> no, he's not necessarily an introvert that like can't be with other people. He just you know he just like and I just. It's a I bit thought, socially awkward, isn't he, to begin with, but yeah. he also can read the room enough that he's willing to make this big bold. It's just such a twist. And, like, yeah. I, I don't get why he becomes this arsehole. And I know, I, I understand what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it's a good enough reason to do it. <laughs> I just don't think, I don't think it's fitting for yeah. his character. Um, he's, he's so, he is such a shy person who sort of loves to just play this game and win this game for himself. For him to turn that, nasty and to say those things which are quite sort of like jarring it's it's such a character switch it's almost it's almost i think is it a character switch though because to jump into episode three a little bit we're immediately met with him making a load of friends and joining a guild so i think that moment for him is very much he's it's an act there yeah but it's too good enough to kind of it's too good. It's too good an act for an anime. In an in an anime, or, or, and I'm speaking as an expert here. In any cartoon <laughs> or are. any in any film or anything, yes, he can portray that to those characters. But there has to be something for the audience that shows that it, it's an act. And to me, there was nothing there that showed that it was an act. It was all sincere. Mm. It was all done. I know we had that little moment with dying Diablo, but dying Diablo. Uh, but he, he he did it with such sincerity and such a switch of character that it was almost like it was his real self being shown. And to me, that it was too jarring. If there would have been a sort of like a conflict that you saw on the screen, I'd have believed it more that he was doing it for a purpose. But it just seemed yeah. too real for that moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see why that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. 
Okay. So moving on to episode three, there's it's called the Red Nose Reindeer. Uh, it's Christmas time, baby, <laughs> in October. <laughs> um, and they're on they're on floor twenty somehow. Apparently, this is going to be a short series, and it's not going to last for, for ten years because you know they're already on floor twenty, and there's only a hundred floors. So it's fine. Interestingly enough, this is a problem that quite a few people have with SAO is the fact that they jump between floors very, very quickly. Now, the series started off as a light novel, which is about just a very short novel. It's like 200, 300 pages. And it also jumped around a lot in order to tell this first part of the story. But it's only recently that we've got this spin-off called Sword Art Online Progressive, which takes everything floor by floor by floor by floor. The original that came out in 2012 and b- before then in the visual novel didn't have that just jumped all over the place. So okay. it, it results in the pacing feeling kind of skewed in Absolutely. that we've had two months of trouble getting to floor two and then suddenly they just exponentially start gaining floors as if nothing matters. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, there's ways you can explain that in you know, not necessarily plausible ways, but you can explain it in like, you know, the first level is the hardest because you've got no experience. And then once you've got through that, Mm -hmm. the next few levels become okay until you get to a certain point. You know, there's certain ways you can get around that. That's not, that's not really my issue. My issue is just that it it seems a lot of flaws in that amount of time. And they literally establish, they're very keen on establishing the timeframe. And yeah, to me, that's just sort of a bit like, okay, so it's not, there's obviously nothing interesting has happened in those 20 floors yeah and we don't get and like we get breadcrumbs of information about how they've managed to do it so we know Mm. that there's a a front line now and we know that there are high level players but at the same time we don't have the full picture we just get and we literally in this episode just get thrown in with kirito in a bar apparently he's saved a bunch of people out of nowhere and they're just like come join us Oh, also, can I can I jump back to the last episode and the fact uh-huh. that these levels, when they show the visual, is made up of platforms with a big pole joining them all, right? A big tower joining all the platforms. Through, through the centre? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. Now, I, I agree that that is how Aincrad looks, yes. Yeah. Now, where do they find the boss? Um, At the end of a dungeon, so I would imagine... It's in the tower. They literally say it's in the tower. Mm -hmm. Right? So isn't aren't all the bosses in the tower? (laughs) Can't they just go to the tower every level and just defeat the boss and then just move up? It says they're in the tower. Like surely that's where they're gonna be if you have to have to get to the next level. They're guarding the entrance to the level. Yeah, but I think it's getting there which is the issue. So later on they show that, that, that there are full dungeons that they have to traverse and we even in this episode we see a glimpse of a dungeon. Admittedly, it doesn't go well, but we do, do, do get to see one. Okay, um, fine. And okay, it's, fine. The, the parties have to push through. Yeah. All right, we'll accept that. I can't believe we're, we're doing our first Christmas episode, and it's only <laughs> three in. I know, I know. It's only November something, depending on when this episode gets released. So, um, yeah, so he joins this random guild, which is completely out of character because he's this solo guy that doesn't really want to. The last episode ends on him going... I'm going to be a solo player. Immediately opens on. Guess I'm in a guild now. Yeah, with, Lol. These, ra- <laughs> with these random school guys that all know each other, and this random girl that again he has another weird thing with, which 
is so uh, it makes me it makes it makes me just feel weird all over it is slightly annoying i don't like how this affects kirito going forward because this moment in episode two sorry episode three tracks with him almost for the entire rest of the season and other seasons as well it keeps coming back and we keep going back to it but absolutely ridiculous i know i know that it's it's supposed to be this big pivotal moment where he sees and understands what death is for the first time within the game properly because it's people that he knows and cares about don't care but there's just not that yeah i I just don't feel the empathy for it i don't think because they've been in for this episode yeah yeah one episode is not enough time to build up an entire set of characters that you're willing to care about and maybe in the light novel they had longer to breathe but we're judging this on the anime and there's none of that it's just hey, these guys are kind of weak, but then that's it. Absolutely, I completely agree. Like, I think the end of the episode and that whole, I mean, we'll get to this in a little bit, but that whole montage to Sachi was mm. just weird and unnecessary and completely pointless. And and, and try, was, was and again, like earlier, it's just forced. It's trying to force that empathy and force yeah. those that character development that really should be a longer term thing. It should uh-huh. be like a midpoint of a season that the, this character dies, that someone that someone cares about, or like even the end yeah. of the season or something. Have it at a climactic moment, not just chucked in seemingly arbitrarily mid episode as well. So we don't even really get the time of a whole episode with it. We get maybe the no. first 15 minutes, if that, but her whole character's weird in, in, in the end. And I, I still don't even understand that, the, how the whole process worked with her dying. So, right, going back, there's, there's not really a, a lot to talk about before this. Basically, she runs off and they have this chat because he's got these trackers, which I guess is a level thing. He's leveled up and bought this item that means he can see. Yeah, he's got like Batman footprints. detective vision so he can track people yeah. wherever he needs to. Yeah, they had a completely unnecessary spooky noise when he initiated them. It was like this... this big zoom on his eyes. As if it's his big ability. Hint, I don't think we ever see it again. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. It reminded me of the Fantastic Beasts where he puts the powder out and he can see footprints and it's just there for that bit of the story. And never used again. Sign of a good thing. Never used again. Not. So he he follows her. He manages to track her down and they have this heart-to-heart where she basically says, let's kill herself. And he's like, no... He's like, no, let's not do that. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm only kidding. I was just joking. La, 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 la. <laughs> but, but maybe. And then Unless. The he's, she's like, she's like, I'm really scared of dying. And he's surprised by that. He's like, you're scared of dying? Really? Oh, God, it's that bad for you? What? Yeah, it's weird. And then he promises her that she's not going to die. So she's obviously going to die. We know that. Oh, yeah. She gets point. handed the death flag very securely. It's like Kirito Absolutely. basically says, "Hey, I've got I've got something for you. Hold this flag, and we'll get back to you later." And then and then it's like, let's cram as much uh, character development into this scene as possible. She then comes into his room and gets into his bed. And uh, shock alert! No boobs, Sam. I'm still waiting for these boobs. Behold and the beginning lays- of the Kirito harem. <laughs> so it begins. <laughs> well, then they they sort of fall asleep he gets up she sees apparently <gasps> his level 
I can't believe you looked at my level. <laughs> you got it without asking. A man's in level is his private business, Sachi. <laughs> I invited you into my bed and you just peeked at my level. Oh. Um, such, and then Sachi has this, they go to this room on this higher level, which Kirito doesn't want to do. He's like, no, let's not do this, guys. This is dangerous. And they're like, oh, we'll be fine. The whole gang's, even Sachi's like, let's do it. We'll be able to buy furniture for the house. Again, house. The Why are they now. buying a house? What the hell? Yeah, the homeowners, apparently, they've got the 5%. From they also don't the head off with the full buyers. party, do they? They let a guy go off to go buy the house and then go, oh, they let, we'll, they we'll let the push, leader. Yeah, we'll push further than we've ever pushed before without yeah. our full fighting strength, which immediately is a stupid idea. Add into yeah. that the fact that when they see that secret door and they open it, and in all video game logic tells you, there's an empty room with a chest in the middle. That is the biggest trap ever. And then the fact that when they proc the trap, that many enemies turns up. So in an MMO, enemies tend to be built so that they can be taken down quickly if they're in the overworld when you've got a full party. So when there's about 50 enemies all aggro to you at the same time, you are going to melt and die. (laughs) Unless you're Kirito and you're 20 levels plus. So these poor guys get minced. It was ridiculous, but also this this is where this is where your arguments sort of come to fault with me because you, you've got a lot of good explanations for like why these deep and meaningful things are happening. But then Kirito is at the door, and it cuts to him being inside the room. Yeah, like it cuts to him being like six. Foot, and I know that's just a, a plot device, like oh, okay, he was actually in the room trying to stop them or whatever. You can explain it however you want. But someone like that is not going to let the door close, surely. He's mm. not going to go into a room and trap themselves. He could keep the door open, I guess. Maybe. I mean, like I, if it's a game, then maybe he just, he's been trapped in oh, there. Oh, okay, yeah. But again, I'm yeah. not here to like make excuses for it because it's, it's bad writing. <laughs> it's the most obvious yeah. trap. The only reason these characters are here are to die and to give Kirito some trauma. And... Yeah. Admittedly, some of the the deaths are brutal. The guy getting pickaxed is kind of harsh, like yeah. stabbed and, in the back, and then Sachi dies in all slow motion, but she loses her eyes. Like that that weird animation where like the characters oh, yeah, lose the top half of the face. Yeah, because they're kind of at a distance or they don't want to show it for whatever reason, and then she no, it's, mouths it's, it's, something that we can't quite see. But then we yeah, get told I mean, the five minutes later. But she's smiling when she says it. It's obviously not going to be angry. She's like got a pleasant, happy look on her face. It's obviously not going to be, I hate you and I wish you were dead. Like, it's not going to say, she's not going to be saying that. Unless. (laughs) Kirito's just massively (laughs) misremembering by the end of the episode. Also. Yeah, maybe. By the time we get there. So Kirito then finds out this this raid boss is going to turn up on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, I think it was, which is the rampaging... Uh, St. Nicholas or something along, something to that effect. Yeah. As allegedly that he will have an item that can revive dead players. Now, already we know that if you get logged out or your HP hits zero, your brain gets microwaved. It has been months since Sachi has died. This is an exercise oh, in futility and maybe not months, but it's been at, at least a significant amount of time for Kirito to put on his winter clothes and to go on this quest. Yeah, but it depends. It depends whether it's like Inception, where the real world time is slower Layers. than the game time. Every floor Layers. you go up slows time further. 
Ooh! Oh, Did we just make Sword Art Online good? Oh my god, that <laughs> oh would be so god. cool. So in the end, they end up coming out of it and it's only been like five minutes in real time. Like, why you, <gasps> That's why, why they don't get that? hungry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get uh, yeah. this big build-up with Kirito gearing up and heading off to fight coked-up Santa Claus. And then... Cut and where's the rain is? No rain doors. Okay, uh, rain doors? Rain doors. There's no rain doors. Yeah. I want my rain doors. <laughs> I want my rain doors. Please. Yeah, but in all honesty, one of my biggest things about this was this episode, we miss Kirito escaping from that dungeon. Like, how the hell did he escape? I know he's supposed oh, yeah. to be awesome, but can we not see that? Yeah. Like, that would have been insane to see. And see we don't him see him fight Santa Claus. Yes, would be amazing. Yes, like you said, it would be amazing to watch him fight because it builds up to it and you get right to the clash and then it's just smash cut to, I, I don't need this, yeah. here you go, climb. Yeah, I mean, I don't get, I don't, I don't mind every now and then doing that because it's that sort of uh, subversion of expectations, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's that like, let's build up and it's like, huh, huh, that was a hell of a time, boys. And you're all like, oh my God, that must have been amazing. But to do it twice in one episode, it's a bit like, oh, come on, give us something. Yeah, I feel like we kind of get hung out to dry a bit. Especially yeah. because so, this is his first time, and Klein even says to him, you're going to go solo this raid boss? That's insane. No one's ever done that before. And this is the first time we as an audience are kind of privy to this idea that Kirito is a solo player. He's going to be somebody who is a threat in and of himself, who can solo yeah. a raid boss with who's got four HP bars. And it's just done off screen. I would have loved to, at the very yeah. least, see a highlight reel or intercut with Kirito fighting and then cut back to Klein holding off the other guild. Something. But no, we just get Kirito turning up with those same kind of Attack on Titan dark eyes all upset. I mean, I I genuinely don't think I would have minded the Santa thing because I get that whole like, oh, it's all done off camera. He's he's just this good. You know, you just accept it. If we'd have seen the seller fight because I just think Mm. that they've taken two awesome scenes away for what to illustrate twice that he's really good like one of them he got out of okay he escaped miraculously from this cellar full of um, monsters unharmed but then he then does it again with santa it's like yeah we've seen him let's just see a fight scene it's two two things of the same yeah especially after coming in from episode two where we have that such an incredible battle against the kobold king It, it feels like the anime is spinning its wheels a bit trying to do less with what they've got to give, maybe to give the animators more time for another episode coming up. But with what the story they're trying to tell in this episode, I don't think that they have enough payoffs to warrant it having stakes. And I don't think it have, has enough action to warrant us believing that Kirito is this level 40 badass. We just have everybody else's yeah. word to go on that he's this incredible badass. Yeah. Which is a shame. It is. Right, Can I can I sum up Sachi's death? Yep. And the whole note, note thing. So I've got the, the weird gift thing at the end. I said, oh, Sachi's weird gift, gift note is a bit weird. Um, she said she was terrified of dying, but apparently not because she's prepared this note ahead of time. She says she'll probably be dead by the time he hears the message, not that he'll receive it upon her death, yep. which means that she always intended it to come at Christmas, which means she always intended to die before Christmas, <laughs> which means it was basically a suicide. So she's not scared of dying at all. She intended to kill herself, but she didn't want Kirito, Kirito to feel guilty. 
She also, again, has strange, oh, strange eyes when she sings her song. song. Um, it's a creep. Oh, no, shut up, shut up, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Sorry, Liz, sorry. Sorry, anyone listening to that. <laughs> if you've seen the episode, you don't want that replaying. If you haven't seen the episode, go watch it and be creeped out for the rest of your days because it's, it's horrible. No, so she sings this creepy, or hums this creepy-ass song because she's got more time. And Kirito is supposed to be consoled by this. According to what you said, he's not consoled. It follows him for the end of the series and beyond. And nobody cares that she's died in episode three because we she was introduced at the beginning as this weird girl who is has no real place in the series. And then she dies as this weird girl, girl that has no real place in the series. And for some reason, we're supposed to care that Kirito had a soft spot for her or felt sorry for her. Yeah. And then the leader of the gang commits suicide oh, just because all of his friends, like, just jumps over like, oh, dude, what he are you doing? He doesn't even hesitate, like, does he? He's just like, no. oh, they're all dead, are they? Yeah, same. I guess I, I should mean, be. Just yeah. yeets himself off the side of the blooming balcony. Yeah, right, let's, let's put it in perspective. These are school friends. Yeah. The, this kid has got his whole life ahead of him and he's just throwing it away as if he's literally. some samurai warrior. <laughs> literally. As if he's some samurai warrior that needs to devote his life to the sword. Like, no, that's not your culture. I mean, I know... Well, I don't even want to get into, into well, cultural Yeah, even like if that. it was like, these are your best friends in the world, there's still so much... Yeah. Like, you don't have to be on the front lines. You don't have to do anything. You can just exist in this world without fighting. And yes, it's very sad. And yes, it's traumatic. And no one's taken that away from anybody. But also narratively it just doesn't play it almost it's almost comedic how quickly yeah. he's got the keys kirito tells him and then he just steps up and jumps off it's like tomlin yeah. from game of thrones <laughs> yeah question out the window. does kirito does kirito now own the whole house nah keys went with him yeah but still i mean like he's gonna <laughs> land somewhere <laughs> what, in the cloudy abyss <laughs> <laughs> all right or maybe it just like it still, loops because it's a video alive. game, right? So yeah, maybe it just, just he just keeps falling forever. <laughs> the end, the end of season ten. <laughs> the end of season ten. Kirito is just there, like, and he sees this grey bearded man just keep falling, like <laughs> Kirito, Kirito, Kirito. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so that's that's kind of how it ends. Yeah, just on a bit of a whimper, really, for me. What, what were your? I think, should we should we briefly talk about the opening and ending? I know we talked about the ending uh, mostly. All right, let's talk help. about character first. Let's yeah. talk about character because okay. Kirito, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly get him as a character. This whole flip flop between being a solo player and being a team player mm. seems weird. I I kind of feel the impression that you know, like I said at the beginning, that he's supposed to be this guy who's not happy with his real world and he's happy to stay in this world because. He stays on low levels, even though he's a higher level player. Yeah, he could have led the charge and been a part of that front could have line. Been a hero, group. couldn't he? He could. He could have. But yeah. But he also uh, like gives praise. He praises the gang that he's with for having those aspirations and saying that this black cat group or whatever they're called mm-hmm. could have been could be something special if they keep with those ideals. But then. So he obviously wants someone to take the lead and lead the way from the top, but he's not willing to do it. Yet he is willing to be the bad guy and sacrifice being yeah. a part of a group. At least so, so he's, he's, on, yeah. he is willing. Yeah, he's, he's willing to do things for the cause, but not willing to do other things for the cause. Which yeah. to me is a, is a bit contradictory. And I think his whole 
yeah, his whole character just seems a bit flip floppy in these first three episodes. Yeah, the, the first three, and to be fair, Kirito as he progresses doesn't get much better. He's got this vague sense of I want to do the right thing, and that leads to him joining certain causes and fighting for what he thinks is right, but ultimately he is almost a textbook definition of power fantasy protagonist who is just I'm going to be the best at all of this, I'm going to have some tragedy thrown in there, a dash of romance and anything that I face, I'll somehow overcome it, and that's why after 2012 every single isekai anime that came out had a black haired protagonist hero because that's what sold and this did sell fair enough i mean i i think i think it feels a bit like that's what was thrown at the character mm. but the character wasn't developed enough really to do anything with it yeah in the he, first three episodes of, at the very it, least he doesn't kind of develop his own identity enough because it starts with oh, he's a beta tester and wants to play solo. Oh, but he's willing to team up. Oh, but now he's going back to being solo. Oh, but now he's part of a guild. Exactly as you said. It's very flip-floppy. Even his emotion, the only emotion we really see is when he lashes out at those other guys and becomes this cocky sort of arrogant player. Mm. Every other scene, he's very neutral. It's very much other people reacting to him. Mm -hmm. There's very much of this, he's just this bystander that just observes and like, watches and even when he's supposed to be really mo- emotional about Sachi and people he's just a bit sort of like he's kind deadpan of close and off, a bit sort he? of neutral and yeah it doesn't do great for like watching purposes it really mm. doesn't i think it, he needs he needs to have more contrast like in a complete opposite sense Aaron is far too the other way he's who, too over the top know, and screaming isn't he yeah yeah and everything makes him angry and everything makes him this way and it's just he's just very extreme but at least uh, he does react here, Kirito right. doesn't seem to have that, and yeah, he's a bit the opposite. Yeah, I like Asuna. She's cute. She's got a good design. Yeah, but she's in like two scenes. Like she's yeah. not in a lot. She, we get this kind of promise in the OP that she's going to be a big part of it, and she, she sets the groundwork that she's at least there and is aware of Kirito, and Kirito is aware of her. So we know that eventually they'll come back together and meet up again. But again, on just these first three episodes, there's not enough there to say anything more than she likes bread, I guess. And she's a really good fighter. Oh, yeah, but can we just acknowledge the fact that um, she he offers her the... What, what does he put on the bread? He puts the cream from that... The co- cream uh, from the on quest, the bed. Right? And, uh, the, he puts the cream on the bread, gives her the cream, and she's like, oh, this is great. And he's like, hey, I wanted doing this. Do you want to know how I did it? And she's like, No. all right no i'm not fussed i'm not here for that he's like oh right okay i thought that was class she's just i was like expecting this big exposition of like past victories and she's like no no mate i'm I'm fine i'm not bothered i love you cream but uh i'm not willing to (laughs) pander for it for it you know if you want want to give me your cream i'll take it but i'm not gonna i'll take it all day every day all over me bread I did think that was quite an interesting little tidbit. No, cream aside, um, the idea that he would keep running that same quest again and again to get the same reward so that his food actually tasted better than just basic bread. It was an interesting little wrinkle to the world. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue that I have with the show in general is that there's so many good moments that could be so much more 
and then ultimately they're either squandered or they just don't hit in the right way, whether it's because of directing or animation or writing, I guess. What can we really say about the other characters? Like, Klein is one beat, supposed to be introduced as a friend character, but then gets lost he, he, in most he also, of the episodes. I, I said, I said he's, he seems very overly invested in Kirito. Um, yeah, every time he sees him, he's like, he's like a puppy wagging his tail, isn't he? He like, is. Oh, Kirito, Kirito's back. Kirito-senpai, please teach me more. Yeah, but that, that links back to that first episode where that relationship seemed to have been forced again. And it's just that whole idea that these th- three episodes, they've gone in like, we need to establish these characters now and everything needs to be known mm. about them. And like, I don't know whether the intention or even if it was at, or the execution, even if it actually carries out that Klein is this friend to Kirito later down the line, either way, it, it it's forced at the beginning. It's forced into that situation or it's being attempted to be forced. So yeah, yeah. not great. And everybody else there is pretty one note, isn't it? It's like Egil is introduced as I'm the big buff boy and I maybe have a heart of gold. We've, and then, the Black Cat Guild is just, we're a bunch of tropes, and then we die. Exactly. So there's not a lot to go off other than really Klein, Kirito, and Asuna, and even then we have just scraps in these first three episodes. We just have, I think that's because it's trying to build the world more than anything, and there yeah. are another, I think maybe, I think Einkrad takes up 13 or 14 episodes of technically season one of uh, Sword Art Online. And again, it's just it's. So for then, me, does, does it shift from Minecraft? To go into some mild spoiler territory, uh, yes, it does. The okay. first fourteen episodes deal with Minecraft, and then there's a shift to a different game, um, and then that then season one air quotes uh, fizzles out, and then we go into the various spin-offs and sequels down the line. But I don't think that 14 episodes is enough to carry um, the weight of the stories it's trying to tell, at least at this point. Yeah. Um, I think Progressive could do that, and they have just recently announced that they're doing an anime adaptation of Sword Art Online Progressive, which is coming out next year, I believe. But it's been almost 10 years at this point to try and fix or expand upon Aincrad. Eh. At least the opening's good, and it's pretty, and the song's fun, and the action sequences are cool. Yeah, no, 100%, the opening was cool. It was upbeat, female artist this time, quite nice. You know, quite, uh, yeah, it it, it was an all-round good song, and I thought, um, the more I listened to it, it grew on me. Still Mm. doesn't beat... Crimson Bow and Arrow from Titan. It doesn't beat Titan. It's it can't beat Titan at the minute. Um, da, 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 Although, having rewatched um, Death Note more and more, that theme tune is like growing on oh, me even more. The world is starting to grow on you. Yeah, but it's it's not um, it's not overtaking Titan yet. That theme because I listened. I, I've listened to all three today before this episode because I was like, I really, I'm really bad. Like I feel like you just sung that then. Even popular songs that I, I know, like popular theme songs to like famous movies, I find it hard to like sing them or hum them out loud. So like I have to re-listen to them. So I listen to all three and it still ranks at the minute with Titan being top, Death Note second yep. and this just behind. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Nice. That's, a, that's a fun ranking. See, I rank probably 
Titan first, All right. then Sword Art, cross, uh, uh, Crossing Field with Lisa, and then Death Note. Okay. Lisa, who sings this, actually, her this kind of blew up massively for her. And almost, it almost became equivalent that if Lisa was singing your opening theme song, A, the studio's got money to throw behind it for a really good song, and yeah. B, it's probably going to be a banger. Okay, um, cool. Another series which came out recently that you will be experiencing soon had her as the lead singer, and it became the biggest song in Japan for like a year. When I went on holiday there, they were playing it in restaurants and just out in the street. Wow. It was insane. So okay, she's cool. a massive she's deal. Uh, Brendan Yuri from Panic at the Disco was doing a live yeah, stream yeah. and started singing along to one of her songs and said, oh, she's incredible. She's really cool. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so That's awesome. This was kind of the first time she popped off in the way that she did. But there's one final question that yep. we need to answer. Okay, and on, Will, that goes to you. Does Sword Art Online, from what you've experienced, make it as a good gateway to the Anniverse? Honestly, Sam, um, no. Okay, interesting. Uh, let me explain, all right? I think if we're going to do this podcast properly, I'm going to have to be honest. Like, I think this show has has such potential, and I do want to keep watching. I do want to see where it goes because I hope because I think it's got I think it's got things moving forward. And you know, I've really enjoyed <laughs> spoilers for anyone listening who doesn't know. I've been doing the artwork for the for the uh, Instagram, thumbnails. which by the way, yeah, for the thumbnails and the Instagram, by the way, which you should go follow if you're not already. And the, doing the sword art was such fun, like looking at the images and looking at the things that happened. Obviously, there was a few spoilers to sort of outfit changes yeah, and yeah. character design. And it looks like it, you know, it becomes this quite profound storyline. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to see how that develops and how this character develops, you know, like any gaming character where they like get these power ups and they get these new weapons and things to go along with them and they battle through various things. So I do want to carry on watching, but these three episodes had just so many flaws. They just had so much that grinded my gears and just really got, really got to me at like a fundamental yeah. storytelling level. Like, you know, you've got a bit of speech here that is supposed to clarify something, but it really doesn't. It's, it doesn't make sense. Mm, it just feels like it's waffle, waffle it? or it's, it's random. It doesn't fit in with the character. The character development in these three episodes was too sporadic and too upended. I just generally, for all the reasons we yeah. spoke about in the episode, yeah. as a gateway showing this to someone, I would feel really uncomfortable. I think people would find it. I find it all for all the reasons we've we've said. I think they'd find it hard to grasp and hard to enjoy because there's so much that mm. isn't quite there. It's sort of like it's it jumps. You've got a running track down the middle that it should be on, and it's jumping either side of it. It's just 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 missing out yeah. on lots of occasions. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think there's so much good potential with this show, and from somebody who has seen all current forms of sword art animated so clearly I, I there's something in there that keeps bringing me back i watched all of it when it came out i've watched all of the sequel series and the spin-offs and alicization i really really enjoyed but i can't in my heart of hearts say yeah watch all of the first season as your your first anime i think i think you need more anime background and context to be able to push through that and to be able to enjoy it in um so you're that agreeing. way I think 
Yeah, oh. I would agree. I think Sword Art is a very good yeah. show in places, but its own storytelling lets it down a lot. And whilst I like the Ironcrad arc, the arc that follows it is atrocious. And then and only then do we kind of get back into the swing of things with the sequel, which is Sword Art 2, which is Gun Gale Online, which is a completely different thing in wow. itself. And that's, even then... That's a lot. Alicization. It's a, it's a big yeah. commitment. You have to say, yeah, watch the, this entire 24 episodes just to maybe get to a part that you might enjoy. It's seven hours, isn't it? Or eight hours. Eight hours of watching, really. Yeah, about eight or so. And I just... I think definitely... If you have time to get round to it, it's something that you okay. should watch eventually. But I think there are better shows to start out with and there are better anime, I feel, that can serve as a jumping okay, off point. Cool. Right, well, I think we've come to a bit of a consensus there. I think we... Yeah, unfortunately, this is the first one of the series. I say series. Are we doing a series? So we just we're just doing episodes. So this is the first one of the podcast which has not made the criteria, whatever that may be, to uh, get to be to be classified as a gateway to the universe. And I think that is essential, isn't it? It's about that idea that we could give this to anyone and they'd actually enjoy it and they'd actually get something out of it. And uh, yeah, they'd be able to pick it up and and go yeah. with it, but. We can't just say that everything gets Absolutely. in, can we? Because otherwise then, what's the point? But also, I think there was enough here to, to warrant us saying, well, actually, maybe check out one of the other series, and then if you've got time, yeah. you can come back to it. And maybe one day, if you've watched some more of it and caught up in your downtime, we could come back and visit Sword Art, maybe like a retrospective. But for now, it's not made it into the universe. I guess now, Sam, you need to tell me what I'm watching next week. Oh. So, once again, Will, we're having a bit of a genre oh, shift. I'm, I'm so excited, to be honest. I'll tell you what, it's so hard having to only watch three episodes, because even with Sordar that I don't didn't <laughs> see as a gateway, I really wanted to watch more, and it actually started playing the next bit of the episode. I was like, stop, stop, stop. But I really didn't want to. I wanted to I, I want to get through, and I want to sort of at least expose myself to that little bit more. It is hard. But go on, go on, lead the way. Mostly so far dealt with boys anime shonen um that typically comes from shonen jump or comes from a light novel and tends to appeal to uh more male oriented oh guys what's coming so i thought for episode four we could have a look at what is classed as shoujo so this is typically more aimed at a female audience uh, but there's enjoyment there for everybody so next week william we are going to be looking at a classic gateway anime that lots of people recommend we are going to be looking at the one the only sailor moon oh my god i can't wait what is that i, 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 I have no idea <laughs> well you'll have to watch okay. it and find out and then let me and the rest of the audience know what you think next week okay, can i ask while we're still on air can i ask do you already have like how how far is your list of like what you of order order and is, does it change weekly or do you sort of are you it still is vast to that? and wide as the Sahara <laughs> Desert? No, I'm really curious. Deeper than the darkest stuff. trenches <laughs> of the ocean, full of more degeneracy and <sighs> boobs than you could imagine. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I've got a few lined up, and depending on how you feel coming out of a, a series and 
uh, the way you've reacted to things within the episode. I like to try and have two or three that I think that would be a good follow-up. So no, I, like that. I had a few ready to go. I had some more Shonen stuff lined up, but I think we've kind of done three in a row now. So we may as well, right. let's do a hard genre shift yeah. and see if we can reset your palette. Absolutely. That's fine. I am more than happy to go with that. I, I really hope that you're going to introduce me, and I'm sure we are because we've got so much to cover. But you keep referencing things that I really hope we sort of like get to get a chance to look at some of those like classics. The big boys. You, well, so, yeah. Obviously, we don't want to give them away too early. Exactly. That's why I'm, I'm but, holding them back. I'm exposing you to some more yeah. stuff to begin with, and then okay, bang. I'll pace myself. I've got to pace myself, and I've still got to get through Death Note and Seasons two to whatever of uh, Attack of Titans. So we've got plenty to watch. And this new one, which I've already forgotten the name of, which is great. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Okay. More good grammar. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's all that's left then is to plug our socials. We are, <laughs> which we keep forgetting to do at the top of the episode. So we must remember to do that next time. No, I think it's fine, Sam. I think anyone who's listening is, uh, is going to know our socials anyway. Because they're going to find us from there. Because we are going to be spamming the hell out of people. 100% we are. We are Gateway to the Anniverse on Instagram and on Facebook. And on Twitter, which I always forget the handle for, Will's going to tell me that it is... Gateway TTA. Yeah, so Gateway TTA to the Anniverse, but just the initials of that. So Gateway TTA. That's Gateway TTA. Fabulous. So if you want to talk to us there, maybe you've got some suggestions for shows that I can introduce Will to next, whether you've got some comments on what we've talked about this week or in any of our previous episodes. And if you just generally want to chat about all things anime, let us know on there. And until next time, we'll see you out there in the universe. See you later, guys. Ciao.